Hi, this is Don Cherie Wilkerson, and I pastor Vue Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. Let's check out the message. Come on, Vue Church. Do you believe that today we serve a good God? He's not done with our story. I'm so grateful for this moment that we get to share together. And wherever you are today, I believe that hope is gonna invade your heart and your home. Come on, if you believe that we serve a faithful God, why don't you light up the message right now? Why don't you declare over your life, over your situation, we serve a good God. I don't ever take community for granted. And I really believe today that as we gather together, that God can change our hearts, that He can change our homes, and that He can change our world. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It'll be on the screens also. You can read along. Simply says this, and before I read it, you should know, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking directly to us. This is what verse 13 says. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And I wanna take this moment, just the next few moments that we have together to talk to you on this thought What's the use? Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, thank you for this moment. God, thank you that you have called us to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Let us awaken, Lord, to what you've placed before us as a mission. God, I pray that hearts would be healed today. I pray that eyes would be open. I pray that lives would be reborn through your love. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And all of Vue Church online said, oh, come on, wherever you are, all of Vue Church said, amen, I'm with you. You know, there are times in life where the tidal waves of tension paralyze us. There are times in life that there are way more questions than answers when we don't know what to do. And when we have more questions than answers, oftentimes it can lead us down a road of disillusionment and despair, where we throw up our hands and we say, what's the use? 2020 has been one of those years where that thought, what's the use, hasn't just crossed our mind a couple times, but for many of you today, as you listen to me speak, it's been embedded in your soul. You have become so disappointed, so let down, so disillusioned with life that it has brought you to a place of despair. And it's paralyzing. 
What's the use of trying to save my company? What's the use of life without the person that I love? What's the use of trying to educate my children while I also work a job and try to keep peace in my home? What's the use of standing for justice when things have been this way for so long? What's the use of trying to further my relationship with Jesus when it just seems like I keep falling down? What's the use of forgiving them? They hurt me. What's the use of putting my faith in God? It doesn't seem to change my circumstances. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we read an old man, an old cynical King Solomon, who writes, there is nothing new under the sun. His thoughts of what the use had led him down a path of despair that actually caused him to land in a place of doubt. That's the only place that despair will lead you. That's the only place that doubt will lead you to being paralyzed where you believe that there is nothing new. So when you wake up to a new day, why get up? Because it's the same as yesterday. This is the same man who wrote that everything is meaningless. How did a man so full of life and vitality, vision and wisdom straight from heaven find himself years later in a place of despair? His discouragement led him to doubt. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. We've seen too many leaders start with vigorous faith with fresh vision, with belief for change, renewal and revival, end up disillusioned, broken, and paralyzed by the circumstances around them. We doubt ourselves, we doubt others, we doubt God, and ultimately that doubt prohibits us from moving forward into all that God has called us to be. We may, we may not be saying it outright right now, but our faith right now may be starting to wane. And as we lean into the weakness of ourself instead of the strength of God, we will always find ourselves weaker as the path progresses. You know, seasons like this leave our soul whispering, what's the use? And I think it's a pretty good question because we have to dig deep to discover what is the actual use. Practically speaking, the use of something is dependent upon the reason it was created. A guitar, a wrench, a shirt, a camera, a life. Our generation is obsessed with hacks. In fact, in this COVID season, VU has released daily, weekly COVID-19 hacks to help you take shortcuts to save time and utilize things that you normally never would have thought of to move forward in strength. But can I tell you something? Not all hacks are helpful. 
Not every single shortcut leads to the destination that you desire. Just because something can be used in a manner doesn't mean that it should be. Misuse is abuse. Religion used to misuse others is abuse. Forgiveness used to just continue taking advantage of the situation is abuse. Time and time again, we can look at our world and we can see opportunities to use something for what it was created, but yet somewhere, somehow, we've started to cheat the system. We've started to allow our motivations to be turned. We've started to take the shorter route. Scriptures used to help an agenda. It's misuse. Authority used to take advantage of others is misuse. Relationships used to manipulate and to hold control. It's misuse. We have influence. You have ability. You have access to the presence of God. And may you and I use what we have been given by God the way that it was intended to be used. When we ask today, what's the use? And we wanna throw our hands up in despair and walk away. May our hearts be awakened that our very lives that have been illuminated by Jesus Christ himself have been used throughout the ages since Jesus gave his life to go to those that are broken and in despair and to give them hope and to show them that there is a way forward together. We have influence, we have ability, we have access, but is our use of these things the created use? Jesus speaks to this. So you gotta look at the backdrop of Matthew chapter five. Jesus is speaking to a large crowd and this conversation that Jesus has with all of these people is known as the Sermon on the Mount. He just got done talking about what's known as the Beatitudes. He just got done telling all the people, you are blessed, you are blessed when? You are blessed when, but as soon as he gets done saying that you are blessed, he goes on to tell us not what we should do, but who we should be. In other words, Jesus is telling us, this is what your use is. And Jesus declares to us in Matthew chapter five, loud and clear, be salt, be light. If Jesus says that our use is to be salt and to be light, then should it really be a revelation? Should it really be a surprise to us that the world that surrounds us is full of corruption and darkness? Because only a world that is full of corruption and darkness needs salt to preserve, needs light to shine. And when Jesus says, this is your use, it's because he created you specifically to go into the night and shine the light of Jesus, to go into the corruption and to preserve the message of the gospel. This is your use. This is your use. When you're around me, you taste something different. 
You see something you never saw. And it's all because of Jesus. See, the first thing that Jesus says to us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, is he says, you are the salt of the earth. You can write that right now in the message because he's talking to you. Put your name. You are the salt of the earth. Now, you means you. The earth, he's talking about people. You are the salt of the earth. Now, I am a, a huge salt lover. I love salt. I have a collection of salt in my home. I have truffle salt. I have cayenne salt. I have Cajun salt. I have black lava salt. I have uh, rock salt. I have table salt. Should I go on? And if you just think that all salt looks the same, tastes the same, friends, you got to do a little more research in the God that we serve and the salt that he created and the use that you and I were created for. Because salt comes in all shapes, all colors, all sizes. Salt is literally a rainbow-hued rock. There's red salt, yellow salt, green salt, black salt, brown salt. Every color of the rainbow is found in salt. And it tastes salty, all of it, but it hits different. See, you were uniquely created to be the salt of the earth. And the way that you put on Jesus and the way that you are sanctified and the way that you are able to go into the corruption of the world and be the salt of the earth. Yeah, we're all salty, but we all are able to represent Jesus in our own unique way. And we as the church need to awaken to the message that Jesus is bringing to us. He's saying that every single one of us, every age, every race, every story, every background are called to carry the message of Jesus into a world that is lost and is broken and is searching for a united church to say, you know what unites us? It's the hope of Jesus Christ. It's God-ordained. It's to be celebrated and protected. What is the use of salt? Well, salt is used to flavor and preserve. Why don't you just write that right now? To flavor and preserve. If you're really serious about discovering your use today, well, let's look to the Word of God and let's discover some handles for your Monday this week. You were created to flavor and preserve the world that we live in today. Did you know that salt offers so many benefits to the body? It helps control blood pressure. It's necessary for nerve and muscle function. Salt affects our bodies at the cellular level. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm saying that your blood pressure, your muscles, your nerves, and your very cells find balance through this thing that we know as salt. It's no accident that God says you are the salt of the earth. We were sent to change every part of society from the inside out to see God transform the world around us, to heal those that are broken, to lift the heads of those that are destitute, 
to let people know when they want to throw their hands up and say nothing is new under the sun, that we serve a God, that his mercies are new every single morning. You are the salt of the earth. But what if you lose your saltiness? Because Jesus doesn't just say you're the salty of the earth and leave it there. Jesus then says that we shouldn't lose our saltiness so that there is no use for us but to be thrown out in the street and trampled on. What is he saying to you and I today? What good is our professed faith if it's not actually faith? What good is the word, are the words that come out of our mouth if there isn't actually a saltiness that brings balance to the body, that brings health to all those that are around? What Jesus is saying, return to your first love. Come back to your real original use. Awaken to what I've called you to stand for in your business, at your home, with your family, with your children. Awaken to your real use. Church isn't about bringing flavor on Sunday. It's about bringing flavor every moment of the day. What's the use of getting really excited and flavorful on Sunday, but being bland on Monday? You are the salt of the earth. The world is where we bring our lives 24 seven. You see, your faith preserves and it flavors, it enlivens and it riches. Your actions, your motivations and your words are all salt. Isn't it funny because the Bible tells us that we should measure our words. And if you've ever cooked anything, you know, you better measure that salt. Your words matter. You can overthink your words and you can stay silent. You can speak too much and it messes up the whole pot. But if you choose to measure your words, if you choose to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the discernment to know when to speak and what to say, the Word of God gives us a clear picture that our very words are what we are building with. May we build a lighthouse with our words of life. May we build a rescue mission right here in the city of Miami and around the world because we choose not to withhold the salt, not to keep it in the container or in the cupboard, but we choose to let what's within us shake out of us into the world around us and allow the world to find what we have found. Oh, you, friend, you are the salt of the earth. Will you let the world taste what you have found? Will you let the world be able to discover the hope that fills your heart? Your silence won't bring up about change. Your lack of words won't encourage, won't bring hope, won't turn people to repentance, won't be able to lift the heads of others. Friends, let's use our words to build because your words and your life literally like salt does can preserve the life of others. And my prayer for Vuk Church 
is that when people talk about this house, they say, I walked through the doors with my heart in a pit saying, what is the use? But as I walked into this community that I didn't know, all of a sudden I knew that I had a family. All of a sudden I knew that I wasn't alone any longer. All of a sudden I knew that I had a use. I had a purpose that God was not done with my life. May it be what people say about this family because we choose to remain salty. We choose for our hearts to remain useful. We must show up. You cannot salt anything if you cannot let what's inside of your soul sprinkle out into the world around you. See, salt doesn't have to be seen, but it needs to be tasted. Salt doesn't have to be praised, but it's purposed. Salt is crushed. You may feel the weight of the world on your shoulders right now, but can I tell you, even as you feel crushed, God is using every part of your life as you surrender it to Him. He is not done with your story. He is using you even in the midst of your pain. You are the salt of the earth. But secondly, Jesus goes on to tell us our second use. Jesus says, you, you are the light of the world. Come on right now, why don't you just write that in the messages right now, write it in your journal, put your name, you, I, Don Cherie, I am the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You see, there's a spectrum of salt and there's a spectrum of light. Oh, light is powerful. We know now that light is made up of particles and waves. So much of light is not visible to the human eye. But that small sliver of light that we can see As we look closely and study it, we see that it's made up of a rainbow of colors and that all of those colors come together to illuminate. It's a powerful picture, again, of the body of Christ, that as we stand united, every single color, every background, every story, that it's then and only then that the world is able to see the love of the Father. Isn't this what Jesus prayed in his last high priestly prayer in John chapter 17 when he said, Lord, let them be one so that the world may see you. It's when all of us join together united. That's the light that is visible. That's the light that can be seen. And Jesus looks at us and he says, you are the light of the world. But how many of you know that we're the light of the world just because we're a reflection of the true light of the world? Because Jesus also declared, I am the light of the world. And please don't get it twisted today. The point of you being a light is just so you can point the light of Jesus into the hearts of those around you. We're simply a reflection of the greatest light of the world, the hope of the world, the light that truly does drive out the darkness. This is not a look at me moment. This is not a pay attention to what I'm doing moment. 
This is a I'm on mission moment. This is a I don't have the answers. I can't heal. I can't protect. I can't sustain. I can't redeem. But let me tell you, I know the one that does. And he's faithful. And he's true. And he hears you today. And he's acting on your behalf. He is the light. The light of all the world. He's the light of all the world. The areas of your life that need to be illuminated today, he's just waiting for you to open up your heart. His light will flood in. My son Wyatt, he just continues to grow. He's two years old now. And for the last two weeks, he's been obsessed with turning off the lights in our house. Maybe it's because he can finally reach the light switch. But he grabs my hand. He says, follow me, mommy, follow me. I follow him. He takes me into a room. He shuts the door. He turns the light off. And then he flips it on and he starts jumping up and down. He says, I see you. I see you. Isn't it funny that when you turn on a light, you don't ever go, oh, that light is amazing. That light is so incredible. Instead, you see what the light illuminates. And I think it's time for us to awaken to the fact that as the body of Christ, if we will just let our light shine before all men, that the glory doesn't go to us. Instead, the world's eyes are open to a Savior that is waiting to redeem, waiting to forgive, waiting to heal, waiting to set free, waiting to turn our world upside down. The world is looking for a church also that looks into their eyes full of tears and pain and says, I see you. I see you. I hear you. I care about what you're going through. You are the light of the world. Jesus goes on. He says, a town built on a hill It cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, your life is visible. It's impossible to try to escape the influence that you hold. You can forfeit it, you can walk away, but it is there for your taking. You and I are a city on a hill. You and I are a city on a hill with a purpose. God has called us. He has ordained us. He has placed us in this moment of history for a reason, not just so that we would keep the light underneath and within our soul. Jesus says, don't put a bowl over your light. You know that a bowl over time will actually snuff out a light? Jesus says, don't do that. He says, put your light on the stand to be seen by all in the house so that all men can testify and give glory to the Father. What does it mean? It means be loud and proud of the love that you have found. Be loud and proud of the God that saves. Don't hide it. Don't keep it to yourself. That fire will eventually dwindle 
Instead, let it be like a fire that is shut up in your bones. Let the Holy Spirit put a fire deep within your soul that cannot be quenched, that cannot be stopped, that rushes into the world around you every time you open up your mouth because it's not just what you do, it's who you are. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Don't hide your light. Don't hide your light out of fear. Don't hide your light out of intimidation. Don't hide, hide your light out of the fear of, of man. Don't, don't hide your light out of apathy. Let your light shine. Yeah, let your light shine through your compassion. Let your light shine through your joy. Let your, let your light shine through your resting face. Let your light shine through your abilities through your gifting, through your patience, through your gentleness, through your faithfulness, through your self-control. Let your light shine. You are the light of the world. Faith says, I'll let my light shine for this step, even though I don't know the next step. Oftentimes, we don't want to let our light shine because we can't see the whole path, so it's better to stay silent because we don't know how to solve. We don't know how to find solutions. We don't know how to fix the issues. But friends, isn't that just part of the journey of faith? That God says, trust and obey for this step. Do what I've called you to do, and I'll illuminate the next step. It's the way he's wired us. It's the way he has created us. It's time for an inside, outside revolution. See, salt and light both change the literal makeup of our reality. I'm going to say that again. Salt and light both change the literal makeup of our physical reality. Salt changes things internally. That salt keeps the balance, whether it be blood pressure, cellular health, muscle, and nerve health. But light, light changes our external reality for us to see things differently, for us to have new dreams, new vision, new mission, new mandate. And Jesus knew when he defined our use as followers of Christ that it's both an internal and an external revolution. The only way things change is when it's us, me and you, together. The only way the world is turned upside down with the gospel is when it's you and me together. See, people take the Bible personally, and they should, and they shouldn't. Because without us, I doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because I can't do anything on my own. God created community. He created unity. He created us not to walk in isolation, trying to push forward our own mandates, but for all of us walk together with one mission. I can't get it done on my own. 
And it's interesting the two mediums that Jesus chose, salt and light. These are the two mediums that Jesus chooses to speak to us in. See, what you see is when it comes to salt, if the block isn't chipped, if it isn't grated, then it can never be spread all around. The same with light. We see light fill the expanse. With every morning as the sun breaks, the horizon expands. Light invades the darkness and it must leave. That's why you and I, we have to be together. We must walk together. We must believe together. We must pray together, cry together, weep together. This is our call as the body of Christ. Let's never God's plan to be satisfied with just one man and one woman in the garden. Jesus, he gives us the mandate to be salt and light, but look all the way back to Genesis. God says, multiply, move forward, create. What is he saying? He's saying, it's my plan for there to be more salt and for there to be more light. And what Jesus is calling us to in Matthew chapter five is Jesus is saying, hey, from now on, because of the cross, because of the sacrifice that I'm about to make, you are a kingdom of salt. You are now a kingdom of light. Oh, I know you've looked at yourself as a bride, as a building, as a body, but let me show you two more uses for your life. You are a kingdom of salt meant to bring the flavor and the preservation to this world and you are a kingdom of light meant to drive out the darkness with my name and my blood that was shed on Calvary. That's who you are. That's who I am. And together, God can do more than we could ever dream. You see, one voice really can't change the world. It can initiate, but it can't change it. And one act really can't change the world. You say, what do you mean? Isn't that what we believe? Well, it can initiate change, but it can't sustain it. That's why Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now you are the light of the world. That's why Jesus said, you will do greater works than I did because he has called us to carry the message of the gospel, the most ordinary moments of our day to the world that is desperately hurting around us. People don't ever forget when you stand with them. People don't ever forget when you celebrate with them. People don't ever forget when you occupy the space that God has called you to, when you choose to be the salt, when you choose to be the light. The psalmist wrote very clearly, taste and see that the Lord is good. That the psalmist never imagined that one day the savior of the world would show up on the scene and that he would look at you and I and say, you are the salt, taste. You are the light. See. That because you choose to keep and protect your saltiness, to use what God has given you. Because you choose to go into the night with the light of Jesus. 
and shine his light that the world around us would be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. We serve a good God, but the world can't see him. They see you. They see me. May our lives point to his light. May we awaken (laughs) to our true use. Rick and I attended a peaceful protest. It was peaceful and powerful in the city of Miami for George Floyd and the countless lives that have been lost through dehumanization in the history of our nation. As we walked, we prayed over our city. We prayed over our nation. I ran into a friend of mine. He was protesting, he was marching, and I had not seen him in two years. I was so grateful to see him. He carried a sign. I got home that night. I shared a few pictures from the day. And out of everything that I shared, our local police chief having a beautiful, powerful conversation with protesters. My caption talking about us being the hope of the world, standing with those who are hurting. The signs that held and read, I have worth, I have value. One woman chose to comment on the sign that my friend held. My friend that I hadn't seen in two years, he held this sign above his head and it read, if I can't breathe, then you can't either. She interpreted that sign as a threat. But I know this man He is a good man. He's a man of God. He's a man who has been in my home and held my child in his arms and prayed and blessed my son who has celebrated with me in my wins. Who has used his tongue to preach the word of God and to shine the light of Jesus in a very tough area of our city. And as he held the sign, she read the sign, but I I read his face and tears streamed down his face and he yelled with everything in his heart. He said, do you see me? Do you hear me? I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. What she perceived to be a threat, I perceive as a cry of help for the church to be the church. And I interpret his sign as biblical indeed. Because 1 Corinthians tells us 
that when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. And you know what that means? It means if one part of the body can't breathe, then I can't either. It means that we awaken to the pain around us. We awaken to what is truly going on and that we would be the salt, that we would be the light, that we wouldn't stay in the cupboard, but we would step out into the corruption, into the darkness, and we would shine. Let me go a step more and offend you with the gospel. What if his heart had been full of hate? What if his heart had been full of malice? Jesus goes on just a few verses later in Matthew chapter five and says, what good is your love if you just love those that love you? What does the world see when they look at us? Do we see the pain? Are we staring at the sign or are we staring at their faces? Are we staring at the sign or are we looking at their souls? Are we staring at the sign or are we awakening to the cry of humanity that as Psalm says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it, but use your power to act. And I have power. I have my voice. And it's not for me. It's for the love of the God that we represent, who said, you are salt, you are a rainbow-hued rock, you are light, you are full of every color and beauty, and it's through your unity that the world would see my love. How can we bring peace? I hear people call for us to be peacemakers, and that's exactly who we are. Our God is the Prince of Peace. But how can we bring peace if we aren't present? How can we actually bring peace to the world if we don't actually show up? See, our proximity to pain is the only way that we can change. Our proximity to pain is the only way that we can see change occur in our world. How close are you to the pain? Not to those that love you, but to the world that is hurting, calling out. Do you see me? Do you hear me? I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. When one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. We have the power to be the salt and the light. How close are you today to the pain? Because if you wanna know where Jesus is, he's close. He says, I am close to the brokenhearted. You wanna know where Jesus is? He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. May we make that our mandate today. That as we look around to a lost and broken, dying, hurting, disillusioned, full of despair world that has their hands up in the air saying, what else can we do? We're looking for God, but we can't see Him. May we shine before all men so that they can see the Father that we love and know who has forgiven us, who has redeemed us, who has set us free, given us a future and a hope. Oh yeah, things are bad in our nation, but you know, I I know one who can turn it all around. Oh yeah, we've got years and years, decades, hundreds of years 
of pain and torment in our nation. Oh, but I know one who is able to heal and restore, who is able to shine his light into the darkest night. If we will choose to go there, if we will choose to occupy the space, if we will choose to speak love, not hate, to shine light to the world that needs you. And I can't do it without you. Together, we can. What's the use? That you would be salt and light. And together, we would use this time to see heaven, the picture of heaven of every nation, every tongue, every tribe gathered around the throne singing praises to our God that we would bring heaven to earth. Your life has value. Your life has use. Now is the time. Let's see our city changed through the love of Jesus. I believe there are people watching today that this is your moment, that your eyes have been opened to the love of God. Maybe you haven't ever seen him before. Maybe you've never even heard the message of the gospel that Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. That he gave everything. He was tormented. He was humiliated. He was murdered for all of our sins so that we could walk into a brand new life. And not just so that we could be changed, but so that we could be those change agents, that salt and that light. That's God's purpose for you, but it starts with a personal relationship with Jesus. Everything we do comes out of who we are in Him. Everything. And you have the opportunity right in your home to accept Him into your heart, to allow Him to give you a brand new beginning, to allow Him to create a future that you never saw before, full of joy, full of strength, full of mission. If you wanna throw your life into the hands of Jesus, you wanna make Him your Lord and your Savior, will you just pray this prayer after me? Say, Dear Jesus, today I choose to throw my life into your hands. I'm celebrating your rescue. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. I believe that your love is enough to give me a new beginning. I wanna walk with you. I wanna talk with you. Forgive me, use me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. You just made the best decision ever. You're gonna hear some more information about what you can do in the future, to walk with strength and confidence into the future that God has for you. But right now, I'd just like to pray for our church community because we are in a pivotal time in history. God wants us to see the pain and go to the pain. He wants us to shine a light. Can I pray for you, Lord? I pray for our church. I pray for every man and woman under the sound of my voice. It wouldn't be me that they hear, but they'd hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit deep in their spirits. Holy Spirit, unite us, change us. We repent, 
We want to change. We want to grow. We want to follow you, Lord. Fill our cities and our nation with your love. Fill our cities and this nation with the message of the gospel that brings new hope for every single day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, oh, come on, and everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe consider rating the podcast and share it with a friend. It really makes all the difference. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.